Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 32 of the Caesar Show. Another week, we're back at it. There's been a lot of crazy stuff that's happened in the NBA, of course. So, you know, I just got to get you guys hip. And, you know, this is going to be a great episode, episode 32. I'm excited, you know. We've we've come we've came a long way, man. Um, just to recap, you guys on last week's episode thirty one, my boy CT, uh, you know C Turner came on set, and you know we just chopped it up. We were just talking about the conference finals, our predictions and whatnot. Um, we both had the Houston Rockets winning Game Seven, but you know how that went. Um, but we were right about the Cavs. You know you can't ever count out LeBron James and. You know, we're just going to get into the hot topics for today. But before we get into the hot topics for today, I have another special guest on here, my boy Rod. I knew this dude since he was a freshman here at VCU. Uh, you know, every time I see him, you know, at the gym, he gets buckets every now and then. Uh, every now and then I score a couple threes on him and whatnot. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Rod. What's going on, everybody? Uh, just nice to be here. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, let's get into today's hot topic. So the first thing I want to discuss, obviously, we got to go in the sequence of events. Shout out to Wave. Um, game seven, you know, game seven, game seven, game seven. When I say game seven, I'm talking about the Cavs versus the no other than, you know, the Celtics. Uh, so going into this game, you know, obviously game six, Kevin Love, Yet again, got hurt again, you know. Uh, he got a concussion. I think uh, him and Tatum were trying to go for the ball or something like that, and they bumped heads. He immediately left. I think it was like six-minute mark into the game, and homie was out. And then the first thing I, that that came to my mind is like, yo, like, come on, man. Like, this dude's made a glass. He's had a concussion before. He's hurt his shoulder. He had knee problems. He broke his finger. So I was just like, yo, what now? Um, so fast forward to game seven. He failed the uh, concussion protocol thingamajiggy, whatever you call it, so he couldn't play. So you're just looking at it like, yo, the Cavs are about to go into Boston's home. Boston's 10-0 at home. Um, you know, that's when their role players step up. You know, they say you're most comfortable when you're at home. So my my whole mindset was like, yo, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to step up for the Cavs? Because I feel like it just comes to that moment every time and you're just like, yo, like what role player is going to step up? Like, you know what LeBron James is going to do, but you don't know what anyone else is going to do. And the fact that his second option was gone, I was very worried. Obviously, you can't really bet against LeBron, but it when the game started, you know, it kind of got a little sort of out of hand. I think at one point they were down like 12, but homie, homie did great, you know what I'm saying? So, LeBron James did what he had to do. You know, the Cavs ended up winning 87 to 79. It was a very low scoring game. Once the Cavs took the lead and LeBron, you know, dictate, dictated the pace, um, it was just a wrap from there. Homie, you know, he did great. <laughs> For the whole entire series, he averaged 35 points. Actually, I'm wrong. He averaged 34 points, nine assists, nine rebounds, shot 73% from the free throw line. And homie played 100 games. Like, this debate between MJ and 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 LeBron is just an ongoing thing, and I feel like a lot of people are really starting to take notice because LeBron is – you can't even really name another player. Like, what other player do you know, given the roster he has, can carry his team to the finals and perform 
perform for you on a nightly basis. He not only has to score for his team, he has to assist for his team, he has to get rebounds for his team, he has to be the vocal leader for his team, he's calling the plays for his team. Like, there's nothing that he doesn't do. And I just feel like a lot of people need to, you know, appreciate this man. But it sucks because I feel like LeBron James is one of those players, like, after he retires, that's when he's going to get missed the most. Um, but that was a grueling series, won seven games. Um, I learned a lot. I learned that, you know, Jason Tatum's got next. Um, I think I think next year when Kyrie and when, when Gordon Hayward come back, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I think Boston Celtics are going to have the number one seed if, you know, there's no setbacks with injuries. Um, and, and it's going to be crazy. So it's, the future's looking bright for them, but... One thing I was one thing I was thinking about Rod um it was just crazy because I did not expect for Boston to be that kind of mentally like at a disadvantage and when I say that they were 7 of 39 from the three point line um, and it's been going in all the time. And I felt like, you know, if you're at home like I said earlier, you're going to be more comfortable. So, uh it was just kind of it was just kind of shocking and my question for you is like Obviously, you know, what's your take on the whole series itself? Um, but do you think that LeBron had a psychological edge over them? Do you think that, you know, some of the players were worried, like like a Jalen Brown, oh, like, damn, he's thinking, like, yo, if we lose, Gordon Hayward about to take my spot, about to come off the bench. Rozier thinking the same thing, oh, I might get traded. Like, like what's your whole thought process on all that? Well, truthfully, uh, going into the series itself, I feel like Boston came out, they were very strong. They played better than they had played the entire series mm-hmm. at points. I mean, the entire season at points. Yeah. But once it came down to it, I don't think it came down to LeBron having a psychological advantage. Mm-hmm. I feel like Boston themselves started to psych themselves out. Like, all right, we just got one more game. They were just thinking about, oh, we have one more game. And then maybe they just started thinking about that next series. Mm -hmm. And once you do that against LeBron James, it's a wrap. Mm -hmm. It's a wrap. And he took complete advantage of it, filling up every category you can name on the stat sheet. I mean, even including the turnovers, and he was still able to dismantle this team the way he did despite their age, and their age does come into play. Like yeah. Jalen Brown, second year. Marcus Smart, what, fourth, fifth year maybe. Terry Rozier, third year. Jason Tatum, first year, and he led them in scoring, and he was, what, top top three for their team in rebounds? So yeah. uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that LeBron psyched them out. i I say that they maybe got ahead of themselves mm-hmm. in, instead. Yeah, I wonder. Another 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 question I have for you is: Do you think that Kevin Love's concussion was a blessing in disguise? When I say that, do you think that obviously Kevin Love is the one of the worst defenders in the NBA? Um, do you think if he would have played, that the Cavs would have still won? Yes, absolutely. I don't know, man. Because even though he'll give you like fifteen to twenty points, I feel like he gives up fifteen to twenty points. So. Uh, it's just interesting. But to be honest, a lot of the Cavs' disadvantages comes from coaching, and I will continue to say this. <laughs> Tristan Thompson hadn't played for a ton of games. I don't we even know, remember. We know why, though. At one, uh, we do know why. I mean, we ain't going to get into that. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't that type of show, so I'm going to just leave that for, what, TMZ, whatever. But 
he hadn't played for I don't know how many games, and it got to the point where I thought he was hurt. Yeah. And then he just showed up on the court, and I'm thinking, okay, why hasn't he been playing right now? He he leads your team in rebounding no matter what, and he's just going to be a workhorse for you, just like Kevin Love is. Mm-hmm. And if you have that right coaching, like like if the Cavs were blessed enough to have a Brad Stevens or – Hey, even a Mike Budenholzer, shout out to the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're a Hawks fan. Absolutely. Third pick, <laughs> third pick, we better not mess it up, but we probably will. I'm not mad about it. But if the Cavs, I feel like if the Cavs coaching was at least decent, their success would be much higher than what it is now. Rodney Hood, I thought he was hurt. Until I had looked it up earlier. He just wasn't playing because he wasn't playing well. But for some reason, Ty Lue, I don't know what his thought process is. But just benching players just when they have cold stretches, that's not going to get it done. Mm -hmm. And I can say this right now. If they want to have a living shot in the NBA Finals against the Warriors, Rodney Hood's going to have to play. Kevin Love, if he's healthy, going to have to play. And Tristan Thompson's going to have to play. So he's going to have to find a way to make all of these pieces fit mm-hmm. and to give everybody a sufficient amount of minutes so that everybody produces. But would you would you argue that LeBron James is such a out-of-this-world player that he's kind of, in a way, uncoachable? Do you still feel like there can be a system with him intact? Yes. LeBron, do, you think, do you think he takes away from coaches? I wouldn't say he takes away from coaches. I just say he hasn't yet had a good coach in his career. Mm-hmm. And I say good coach as in I'm not going to necessarily say Hall of Fame status, but I don't even think he's had a Dwayne Casey type coach. And Dwayne Casey in my opinion is in Hall of Fame status yet. So do you think Eric Spoelstra is not better than Dwayne Casey? No. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. Okay, that's interesting. No. Oh. Eric Spoelstra got what he got because he had three Hall of Fame players on his team. And I would say the end of two of their primes. LeBron has been in his prime for 15 years, so (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. He's a freak of nature. But I still stick to the point. LeBron hasn't had a good coach. Like, imagine what he could do. Like, Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson. Mm -hmm. At first he had Doug Collins when he got to Chicago. They were garbage. Like, Michael Jordan was doing everything. He he made he took them to the playoffs, but he couldn't carry them over that hump. Mm-hmm. Once he got that great coach in Phil Jackson who had this system and instilled this mindset into his players that egos don't matter and that everybody just needs to chip in and do what they do, mm-hmm. it was over from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted – LeBron doesn't have any help. Michael Jordan, at first, he didn't have any help until he got Scottie Pippen. So I would say, one, LeBron needs a better coach, and two, the Cavaliers this offseason need to make either the best pick possible in the NBA draft or, if healthy, trade Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson and maybe that first-round pick and get the best available piece to help keep them above that hump Mm -hmm. for the remainder of LeBron's career, if they want him to stay in Cleveland. Because the way they're playing right now, 
it doesn't look like he's going to be there that I much mean, longer. That, that's a, that's a huge if. I personally think he's not resigning. Um, if he's who I think he is, and I want when I say who he think he is, if he's about the rings, he's about going to the finals every year. So I don't think Cleveland gives him the best shot. I don't really think. Kevin Love is good, a good asset, but I don't think he's a good enough asset to get what you want. Now, maybe that pick will be a little enticing, but it's going to be tough because I feel like a lot – I mean, this draft class is pretty good too, but at eight, you're gambling on that. That's 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 a, that's a big gamble. So It is a gamble. I mean, I can agree on that. I mean, we're we definitely going to see, but I think he's going to leave, and like I've been preaching for these last couple episodes, he's either going to Philly, he's going to L.A., or – San Antonio. <laughs> but 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 you said it's a gamble. Would you rather gamble on it and have LeBron stay or keep the team how it is and pretty much ensure that he's going to walk away? I mean, that's a good question. I just it really just depends. Are you gonna are they gonna make these trades before free agency starts? You think? Like, I'm telling you, if I'm the GM of the Cavaliers, I don't remember his name. I don't know if it's still Dan. Oh, Gilbert. Dan Gilbert. It's still Dan Gilbert. Yeah. If, no, if, the, the owner is Dan Gilbert. Okay, if I'm Dan Gilbert or whoever's making the decisions, I'm throwing all of the chips on the table. I'm like, hey, we will give you this, this, and this for such and such piece. Like, I would, if Paul George doesn't want to stay in OKC, I'm like, yo, LA's washed. Let Lonzo have what he has. Come to Cleveland with LeBron. Once he retire, it's yours. The throne's yours. You're going to get you a couple rings. Like, you just gotta do whatever you to do whatever you have to do to make it work. But I just do feel like, you, and so basically, you're trying to say is like basically try to get another player to play alongside LeBron James. Although that's good, that still won't solve their defensive problems. That still won't solve their depth. That still won't solve a lot of things. I mean, LeBron James is great enough to get you to the promised land, but I just feel like. As he gets older, Father Prime is gonna catch up, and I just I feel like that's so. too much. I think I think that's too much. I, I think he needs to go to a team that has talent, young talent that can defend the ball, like a Philly or like a LA. That we saw glimpses of them. They're just two pieces away to actually competing. Uh, I just feel like Cleveland. That, like you said, that, that's a game, and I don't know about that Father Prime comment. Uh I would just have to kindly disagree on that. I feel like if Father Prime was going to catch up to LeBron James, it would have caught up to him maybe two or three years ago like it does any other person. I mean, I know LeBron's not normal, but the amount of money that he spends on recovery is pretty much unmatched to anybody else in the league. Mm -hmm. And that's minus what he does to prepare for what he's going to face. So... And he and that just leaves out the fact that he's never had a major injury, not once in his career. Knock on wood. Not, not <laughs> definitely knock on wood. But that that just leaves out that fact. And I feel like until you just start to see signs like, oh yeah, he's slowing down. Oh yeah, he he's not going to be able to do it this year. Oh yeah, he's not in the MVP race at all because this year, in my opinion, James Harden. I'm sorry, I know I'm going to upset a lot of people, but I really don't care. LeBron James is the MVP, in my opinion. To do what he has done with basically nothing. Two different teams. Exactly, two different teams. 
two different teams. I still think he should have kept his initial team with D Rose, Jay Crowder, and D Wade. I mean, I still think he should have kept that initial team, but Kyrie. not the entire. Oh. oh yeah, no, they definitely should have kept Kyrie. I don't know what they was thinking about. <laughs> but that. Kyrie would have probably still got hurt, so he okay. would have been by himself again. Okay, and then he would have came back next year. They still would have had Kyrie. That's just <laughs> hey, that's just that's just my thing, but. I just feel like LeBron James doesn't – he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down at all. Like, well, I think his d- defense got a little worse. But then again, I don't really know if it got worse because he has to do so much because of the lack of talent. That's exactly but what it kind of But it kind of do look like he he be coasting there. But, I mean, he got he to gotta save energy. He exerts too much on offense. So. You know what I think it is? At times, he just looks like he's saying, F it. Like, he's just like, you know what, I'm I'm – He'll admit he's tired in that moment in the game. Not like he's tired as in, oh, yeah, I can't do this anymore. But he's just saying, okay, I've played 47 and a half minutes. I just need to take a quick break. Mm. And then I'll get back, and then I'll just swatch a, swatch a shot off the glass real quick. But you're right. I do think his defense has gotten worse, but I will point out that – the talent level on his team is definitely a lot worse. Oh, so he has to do a lot more offensively than what he had to do in years prior because in Miami. seven. <laughs> exactly. In Miami, he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and a plethora of three-point shooters, a couple of Hall of Fame three-point shooters. And they were very defensive-minded. Extremely defensive-minded. And then when he came back to Cleveland, he had, I mean – Uncle Drew, you you know about him. That's a walking bucket. So offensively, LeBron didn't have to be that leading scorer and like assist man and rebounder every night like he has to do now. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't I don't I just don't know how to really sum it up <laughs> other than like he's doing it all by himself. And it's clearly visible. He has no help. And if the bo- if the Cavaliers want to have a chance to win more than what one, I would say two. At most, I would say the Cavaliers have a chance of winning two games. Well, if- we'll, we'll 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 definitely get into that. We'll definitely get into that. But just to sum up this topic, uh, LeBron James, you're truly great. Um, I think you're in my eyes. I think he's already the best player to ever do it. But rings matter the most to a lot of people. That's another topic for another show. That's going to be another topic for another show. But I think... you know my opinion on that. <laughs> Don't disrespect the 2-3, the original. The 2-3, the 2-3. Well, <laughs> we'll original. see, man. We'll see. Um, just to sum it up, I mean, everything has an expiration date. I don't know when he's going to start to decline. And me and, me and I, had a, I had a guest up here a couple episodes back, my boy Wave, and we were just talking like, if he gets a, if he when he starts to decline, is it gonna be something that's like super rapid, or is it just gonna slowly deteriorate each year? What do you think about that? I would have to say once again, knock on wood, barring another, well, barring an injury, I would say it's gonna be gradual. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason to suspect it. One year, he's just going to be like, oh, yeah, my knees are just shot. I can't run no more. <laughs> so it's no reason to think he's going to go from 25, 10, and 8 mm-hmm. to 13, 6, and 5. Yeah, that's that, it's just, it just doesn't really make sense to me. Especially, like, look at his body type and the way he takes care of his body, the his diet, 
the workouts he does, the recovery. He never cheats the game. Exactly. He doesn't cheat. No, it's not that he doesn't cheat the game. He doesn't cheat himself. Yeah. So, LeBron James, you're great. But, unfortunately, we got to go on to the next hot topic. And this is what I've been waiting to talk about. Warriors versus Rockets. Now, in my eyes, that was the true finals. It went seven games. It was grueling. It was a lot of a lot of strange events happening. But, um, nonetheless, the Warriors won. You know, they ended up winning. One on one to ninety two, man. Uh, the game was the game. The the whole series was just interesting. Before we even get into the game seven, man. Like the last time I was on here, I think the Rockets were down two games to one, and I was a little panicked. But I knew, you know, they just had something to prove this year. Um, so I was optimistic, you know. Chris Paul put the team on his back when James Harden was struggling. He tied up two two. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then. You know, Chris Paul put the team on his back yet again. Then they went up 3-2. But before they went up 3-2 and sealed game five, Chris Paul tries to go for a layup, and he falls awkwardly. And I just hear the commentary saying, yo, he's not getting up. And the first thing I thought about was Tony Parker's injury. I was like, no, like, this can't be happening right now. Come to find out, he hurt his hamstring, um, couldn't play game six. Game time decision for game seven. And it didn't end up playing, and and that very, that very well changed the whole course of the series, man. Um, and I truly think if Chris Paul played, you know, they would have definitely won this series. I, I think I think the That's Rockets cool. were I think the Rockets were better than the Warriors this year. Um, they were better. They they were better defensively, um, and I just feel like the Warriors took a dip back. I think the Warriors are actually better last year than they were this year for some reason. Something just don't seem right. Or maybe teams just are we're just like, yo, F this BS. Like, we're just going to actually, you know, try to give our blood, sweat, and tears out there. But um, there was just a lot of things, I think, that went wrong. Um, let's just, you know, talk about Game 7. The score was 101-92. to um, It just seemed so promising at first, you know. Houston, Houston definitely, you know, delivered that first punch. Um and things were looking good, you know. They were playing defense. You know, they they they, they were the aggressors at first, man. They were definitely the aggressors at first. Uh, you know, Clay Thompson, you know, started off with three fouls in the first quarter. In my head, is like, yeah, it's definitely the basketball guys telling me that the Rockets are going to win. Like I said, they were physical. They were very defensive-minded. They made all the right switches. You had solid minutes in the first half from Joe Johnson. Um, Ryan Anderson, you know, ended up playing. Uh, Iso Joe was actually playmaking, which was really crazy. Um, Gordon was hooping out of his mind. Clint Capella was more involved. Literally, he just couldn't be stopped on the boards, couldn't be stopped in the paint. Um, things went their way. Um, teammates were stepping up. I really liked it. P.J. Tucker, you know, had another great game. Um, and it just felt like the Rockets were feeding off of that energy. Um, but with that being said, in the second half, obviously, you know, um, they were up in double digits. Uh, I really thought that, I mean, let's face it, Golden State is one of the best teams um, coming out of, you know, the half, delivering that first punch. And after that punch is pretty much a done deal. But I felt that the fact that Houston was, you know, um, at home, I thought they were going to, you know, get the dub. I really thought they were going to feel up that crowd, but that wasn't the case. Um, they really they really just went cold. I think they missed 27. Was it 27, Rod? Straight 
three pointers. I think it was something like that. Twenty seven straight three pointers. Like that's that's playing two K, knowing you're clearly better, but shots are just not falling your way. Um, it kind of blew me because a lot of them were uncontested. So that's the excellent release with the in and out. Excellent release with the in and out. You know how many times I got that in two K? A lot. Because <laughs> you, you can't beat me. Ah, okay. But that's we, another topic for another yeah, show we'll, as well. We'll, we'll definitely save that for another topic. Definitely. I'm down. Um, but yeah, I mean, they missed 27 straight threes, and it just felt like, you know, we all talk about Dan Tony not, you know, changing anything, and I, and I thought that it was fine because when you look at each game they won versus the game they lost, with the games they lost, they still had that defensive intensity, but shots weren't falling, or you know, it was them not turning the ball over, or obviously Chris Paul being down. Um, but with this particular instance, when you have a double-digit lead and it's a game seven and your shots are not falling from the three-point line, you have to switch it up. And I feel like D'Antoni did a poor job of, you know, getting his team locked in and, you know, putting them to the huddle, putting them to the side and just telling them to, you know, change it up, go to the basket, draw some fouls, you know, get some easy plays, run some plays. It just felt that at that point James Harden – was a little gas. It felt that, you know, obviously when it's four All-Stars versus one, it's just really hard to, you know, surpass that, especially when you don't have your floor general, Chris Paul. But I just felt like, yet again, the moment was a little too much for James Harden. Um, and I can't really blame him too much because at the end of the day, like I said, you are going up against four All-Stars. And if you're giving dimes to your teammates and they're not making shots, then there's nothing much, that's, there's nothing much you can do. But, being a leader and knowing that Chris Paul is out and knowing your three-point shot hasn't been falling the entire series, you have to find different ways to affect the game. And I just felt like James Harden didn't didn't come through with that. Um and you know, Steph Curry, you know, if if you're if <laughs> if you're missing and the thing about Houston is like Although they took good looks, they shot the ball too quickly in the shot clock. Like, they will literally get the ball and shoot at, like, 20 seconds in the shot clock, which didn't make any sense. Um, you want to chime in on this, man? Because the game plan for Mike D'Antoni seems to be that if you're not making your threes, shoot more threes. Mm. And when Chris Paul went down, you can clearly see that the game plan for the Rockets went right back to James Harden dribbled the ball for at least, what, 14 seconds out of the shot clock. <sighs> Drive it. Maybe kick to the open shooter or the not open shooter. Or if you're lucky, he'll get fouled. Or in most cases, he's taking a contested shot. Chris Paul, if he was playing, I feel would have helped the Rockets close that game out in game six. And this series would have been over, and they would have been in the finals already. I, I And I completely agree with you. I, I really, really do feel in my heart that, like you said, if Chris Paul would have played game six, they would have closed it out because it was the same thing. They came out with that first punch on Golden State's floor, up 10 and a half. We know Golden State's going to come out with that punch, but Chris Paul would have been that person to control the pace, or even when they rallied and made that run, he would have made the plays you needed to get over the hump. And the thing about it is with Chris Paul, although he's what, is he six foot, six one? Just about, something like that. Although he's a little man, like he he's kind of like a small version of LeBron James who dictates the pace, gets his team involved, um, and scores when he has to. He's the floor general. And he's, he's the floor the point general. Guard. He is point guard. I'm sorry. 
no disrespect. He's the clear, even though James Harden is the best player offensively on that team, Chris Paul is the leader and I would say is the heartbeat of that team. As he goes, they go. Because as James Harden goes also, they go. Yeah. But James Harden needs a lot of shots and he's to not, do what he does. And he's not, James Harden's naturally, he's not a natural point guard. But I know they forced him to be a point guard, but. They forced him to. That doesn't mean he was. He may have led the league in assists, but that doesn't mean he was a good facilitator. Most of those assists came from, oh, I don't have an open shot, so I'll just pass it to you. And what and what sucks is that one thing I did realize, I mean, I've always realized, but Chris Paul's defensive presence was missed. Um, very much, very he much. He probably get, to get you like two steals a game and just make it hard for Clay to score. I think he, he did an excellent job at guarding Clay. Um, an excellent job. You know, he made it really tough for him that series. Um, and even offensively with Chris Paul, you had to actually make Steph Curry work, you know, on the defensive end. Or if Clay had a prior, because I feel like when Chris Paul went down, it was easier to key in on James Harden. Um, and, you know, when you trap him early, you're going to force him to make turnovers. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Do you, do you think, do you think uh, Houston has what it takes to, you know, Come back next year? To the Western Conference Finals, yes. If they're going to come back next year with the same thing that they had this year, absolutely not. Do you think they should keep the same team? I, I personally think they should no. keep the same team. Um, no. Same coach, same two-star players. Gerald Green, yeah, that's my dog. Eric Gordon, he proved himself more in the playoffs than he did in the regular season, so I would say he could stay. Everybody else can get gone. No, I, I like Ariza for the defense. Though, oh, Ariza. Too. Oh, yeah, my fault. My fault. Ariza. He got, hey, well, he got one or two rings with the Lakers. Uh, he may have two. But, hey, that's, he got more rings but than But still no else. exception. Ariza, 0 of 12 from the field? Abysmal. That's just terrible. And, I mean, like, I, I get that you're tired, but you've been guarding KD and switching on everything the whole series, and you've been knocking down shots, so. But if you look at it, what were the majority of those shots? Threes. That's, yeah. that's really all I can say. If you're not hitting threes, why you keep shooting threes? It just doesn't make any sense to me. The definition of insanity is repeating something that isn't working and expecting a different outcome. Mm. For the Rockets, shooting threes wasn't working, but they kept shooting threes, and that's why they lost. That's why they lost in game six, and that's why they lost now. So, which makes, which, which makes me, you know, question Mike D'Antoni. Um, he basically, his philosophy ended up not working. He needs to adjust. I wouldn't say he needs to just completely adjust his coaching style. He just needs to do some tweaking. More threes and a faster pace isn't always the case. Sometimes you have to look at who you're going up against, which against the Warriors, more threes might not always be the best idea because with the Rockets, yeah, they have good shooters, very good shooters, but the Warriors have the two best shooters in the league. And then KD is, what, definitely top five, in my opinion, as a shooter. So... If not top five, top ten, and he's definitely a top three scorer. So, and the Rockets have James Harden, and then Chris Paul, and that's it. Who do you blame the most for this loss? Do you blame the do you blame James the GM? Harden? Oh, you blame James, James Harden. Harden. Why you blame James Harden? And Mike D'Antoni. I th- feel like it's equal parts. 
Elaborate. Mostly James Harden because every time when he gets the ball, even when he was in, even when Chris Paul wasn't there before he got to, uh, where he at? Houston. <laughs> I was about to say OKC. Even before Chris Paul got to Houston, when the ball is in James Harden's hands, everybody else on the court is stagnant. You can look at the film. I'm not making it up. Everybody stands around and is watching. It's and it's. I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of the same with Kyrie Irving. They're just watching, like, okay, what is he gonna do? And then once he drives to the basket, then maybe one or two people will move, like, oh, let me try to get open just in case he's not open. And that's not going to work against every team. It might work against the subpar teams, the middle-of-the-road teams, but against the Golden States, against a a good OKC team, against a good Cleveland team, that's not going to do anything. Like, it's just just a detriment. Holding the ball that long and then kicking it as a last resort isn't helping your team. It's not making anybody else better. It makes your your highlights look great. Your highlights look fantastic. But you're hurting your team a lot. And something needs to change. Either your game plan from the coaching aspect or James Harden needs to up and realize that, okay, maybe I'm not doing something right. Maybe I'm the problem. Because in my opinion, buddy, you are. And y'all not getting nowhere until you fix it. You heard it there, man. Um, and it's crazy, man. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, the Warriors had more talent. Um, like I said before, obviously, if you have Chris Paul out, then you're outnumbered. Uh, Curry damn near almost had a triple-double, 27-10-9. and Katie had 34, 5 and 5. Um, and you know, <laughs> Clay Thompson had like 18. So when you're. <laughs> and that's an off day for and him. That's, and that's an off day. So there's really not that much you can do. I, like I said, I think you keep the same team intact because, like I said, if Chris Paul was there, they would have definitely um, won this series. But it just makes you think what could have been, man. And, and it's crazy, man. Golden State always gets lucky in the playoffs, bro. The first year they went around, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were nowhere to be found in the finals. Kyrie Irving got hurt game one, right? Next year, who gets hurt next year? Someone gets hurt next year. I don't even think no one really gets hurt next year. I think they just find a way to go. Um, they come back from a 3-1 deficit uh, from OKC back when KD, you know, decided to jump ship. And then you have the year before Kawhi Leonard gets hurt. You know, Golden State was up 20. I mean, <laughs> Spurs were up 20. Uh, and then from there on, you know, they went on to get swept. This year, CP3 gets hurt. Um, and the whole series just shifts. So basketball guys are definitely on their side. But... It would kind of be nice for once to see, you know, obviously Andre Iguodala was hurt, but you have four All-Stars, so that should, you know, compensate for it. But it would be nice to see, you know, another team going at the Warriors fully healthy um, and you know who can match them. But at the end of the day, you can't really control that. What you can control is, you know, being out there and playing hard and the next man stepping up. So shout out to Golden State, um, and then which we which leads me into my last topic of the day, the tetralogy, Cavs versus Warriors. Um, this is gonna be the fourth year that they're going back at it. Um, I think Golden State has the edge two games to one, right? 
Yeah, two, two yeah, games two to one. one. Two, two to one. one. Um, LeBron will be trying to go for his fourth ring, and Steph will be trying to catch LeBron and tie him for his third ring. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Um, He's still not LeBron, though. I just want oh, everybody oh, to know that. Yeah, yeah. All right, and LeBron's not Michael Jordan. I still want everybody <laughs> to know that. <laughs> Hey, it's gonna be that's gonna be a debate um, because I feel like if he wins this series, which is highly unlikely, you have to put him up there with him. If you want to debate, you know where to find me. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's why we're here right now. Um, So, I personally think that you know Houston versus the Warriors were the actual finals. I just feel like it's just gonna be too lopsided in the fact that the Warriors have four all-stars have the better coach have better depth just like um, last year just like last year you know um and last year they had an actual Kyrie Irving and they still only won one game so it makes me think can you even win a game if LeBron James is the only superstar on the team I don't think so that is a definite maybe a strong like a very strong maybe like, that's like a maybe, like, you ask your mom if your friend can spend the night, and she says, I'll think about it. I'll think about that's it. That's one of those maybes. Uh, like, you know it's not going to happen, but you hope it happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, you know, we all have dreams and aspirations. I'm going to be rooting on LeBron's side. At the end of the day, I really don't care because my, my Spurs got knocked out first round, but. They're not good. Uh, man, we're going to resign Kawhi. Just watch. Y'all better hope. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, um, I just, like I said, I think they're. I think they're too outmatched. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously one thing I'll give Cleveland is obviously they do have, you know, championship pedigree on that team in J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, uh, LeBron James, and Kevin Love. But I just think, I mean, one thing that could help them out is they have been battle tested. When I say that, you know, they have won a grueling seven games against the Pacers, who are up and coming, had a gritty defense. Um, they swept the second best team in the overall uh, NBA, uh, first in the East with the Toronto Raptors, um, who arguably had the most depth, you know, from, you know, spot one to spot 12. And uh, I have to say, you know, they played the a young, greedy, well-coached Boston Celtics team who took them to game seven. So um, if memory serves me right in the regular season, um, Boston Celtics had the number one defense. So I think the Boston Celtics are a bit more physical than the Warriors. So maybe being exposed to that for seven games, I think that will have them tested. But overall, you just don't know who's going to show up for LeBron James. Is Kevin Love going to be back from his concussion? Um, is J.R. Smith going to be consistent or is he going to be streaky? Is Kyle Corver going to get minutes or is he going to be a defensive liability? Is George Hill going to be aggressive? Is Rodney Hood going to, you know, do something? These are all questions we have to constantly ask each other on a day-to-day basis. With the Warriors, you know Steph Curry's going to do something. You know Katie's going to do something. You know Livingston's going to give you something. And I feel like these role players that didn't really get to play last game, I mean, last series versus Houston, like a David West or like a uh, Zaza Pachulia or like a JaVel McGee, there, watch these guys turn up at home and just play out of this world, getting you know these tip ins and just extra plays to you know win the game. So, I just think Cleveland's out, out is, is outmatched. Um, but we're gonna see what you what you think about this series, man. And LeBron is gonna go out there and do what LeBron does. If the Cavaliers do not have anybody else step up, which I don't see happening, if I'm going based off the rest of the season and how they played in the playoffs, it's going to be a blowout. Like, they are going to get dismantled. 
And I'm going to name a few players who I feel like need to step up. Kevin Love, if you're healthy, you're going to need to keep. You've been playing well. You're going to need to keep playing well. But you're gonna, you, you definitely need to do better. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got to do better. TT, I'm sorry. TK, Mr. Kardashian. You got... You have to go out there and rebound like every game is your last because against the Warriors, if y'all don't win that one, that next game might be your last because y'all, y'all not just going to be able to turn it on and off like they can. Y'all don't have four All-Stars. Y'all don't – I mean, y'all have more MVP awards on your team, but that's only from one person. The Warriors have two people who have won the MVP on their team. They have four MVP, I mean, all-stars in their starting, starting lineup. And not to mention a finals MVP coming off the bench. And he was hurt last series. He didn't even, what did he play, one or two games against the Rockets? Who? Iggy. Iggy played the first, I think, three games. Either way. They only won, what, two games with him? Mm-hmm. Maybe one. So... You take that finals MVP off their team, so what? We still got four All-Stars. What what are you going to do about that? You guys have LeBron. Okay, we have Kevin Durant. That'll offset that. And then we have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, who if one's off, you know the other one's going to be on. I mean, you can't count on Steph, Klay, and KD to be off every night. I'm not even going to talk about Draymond because Draymond doesn't need to score to help the Warriors produce. Draymond is one of the only players I've ever seen have a triple-double and score what? We have two, four, two or four points. Mm-hmm. Like, that's almost unheard of. And for the Cavaliers to be able to climb that mountain and get to that next level, they're going to need those George Hills. They're going to need Rodney Hood. Not only if they're going to need Ty Lue to play them, they're going to need them when they're on the court to play like this is their last possession possession of their career. Like you have to put it all out there, no breaks, or else every, every game you guys are just going to get shellacked. The Warriors are not going to have any mercy on you. They've seen the Cavaliers three years in a row. This is the worst Cavaliers team that they're going to see. It might be the worst Warriors teams that the Cavs are going to see, but what does that mean? Because they still have Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry in their starting lineup. That's 50 points right there. That's two players averaging at least 25 a year. And do you know that, obviously, from the East and West, there's 12 players that get selected on each side. Golden State has a third <laughs> of the West <laughs> yeah, All-Stars. A third. Spot. A third. That's crazy. But you know who else did that a couple years ago? The Hawks. Hawks Nation. Oh, we'll save that for another day. <laughs> yeah. But uh Yeah, he will. I mean, yeah, I mean role players have to step up. Um LeBron has to damn near play 48 minutes a night. Tyron Lu has to know when to call timeouts. He has to create good plays, um, you know, coming out of timeouts. He has to get his, his team buying in defensively. Um, it gets pretty rowdy in Oracle, so it's going to be hard for the communication. But like you said, man, if, if being in the finals itself not motivating you, then what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? If that's not motivating you, You're then what yourself, are you doing, bro? Setting yourself up for failure. That's all I can say. 
if first of all, not even being in the finals, if being on a team with LeBron James, the greatest team, the greatest player in the world, well, right now the greatest team in the world, because he is the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. He's the greatest player in the world. So I don't understand how that's not motivation for you to wake up every day and be like, all right, he's coming out. Better. Yeah, I gotta do better. Yeah. Because if we don't win, not only do we look bad as a unit, but he his legacy is just tainted. Because of us. No matter how many rings he gets, no matter how many MVPs he wins, they're going to look at, oh, yeah, well, he couldn't do this, he couldn't do that. But how is all of that really his fault when he hasn't had help release ever unless he was in Miami or Kyrie Irving was there? That's my only question. You can't blame it on LeBron. It's 100% 100% to blame on coaching and everybody else, not lame LeBron James. I kind of wish they had their old squad um, before the trade with uh, D. Rose, Jay Crowder, and Dwayne Wade. Those are just some natural, you know, dogs that have been in the moment. Um, I just feel like the youth with Larry Nance Jr. Um, and with Rodney Hood may show. Uh, you know, this is Jeff Green's first time getting to the finals. Maybe he gets motivated. Maybe he's that X factor. But just looking at every statistical category, the Warriors outmatch them in everything. So the only edge they have is LeBron James being the best player. Uh, I mean, we'll see. You know, hopefully, you know, I'm more excited next episode. I'm sorry I sound a little down. It's just that. Sometimes you just like, have to accept defeat. <laughs> right. And ain't no, ain't no basketball to watch for, like, what, two more days? Yeah. Ah, oh, dang, I feel like a junkie. I'm itching. <laughs> so we're going to see. I mean, viewers going to view. You know, this may be another. You know I will. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be watching that, too. It's actually going to be Thursday. It'll be, be aired Thursday on ABC at 9 o'clock um, in Oracle. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, man. Um if I had to make predictions for game one, I have the Warriors winning game one, 124 to 98. 121 to 85. 121 to 85. You heard it here first. Oh, wow. And look, that's, that might be my minimum. I'm being disrespectful. The Cavaliers yeah. had to come and show me that they can score more than 85 points on the Warriors. Because right now, I don't see it. I mean, when the, when the Cavs are clicking, they're clicking offensively. Oh, yeah. One more person who need to step up. Earl. J.R. Smith. I'm going to need you to do whatever you were doing when you first left New York. You need to act like you just left New York and do it again. I don't care if Trump gone. You could be sad all you want. Step up. But I'll tell you this. uh, Finals J.R. Smith is actually not that bad. Yeah, finals J.R. Smith last year Mm -hmm. and maybe the year before that. But what about this year? Because playoff J.R. Smith won't that bad against us. I mean, especially against us. In Atlanta, what, he hit eight threes? He was catching the ball, waiting for somebody to run out. Pump fake, pump fake, pump fake. Oh, you're here now? I'm just going to shoot it. Mm-hmm. You need to – don't be that JR, but you need to hit shots like you're that JR. Don't come out here playing like Kwame Brown because that's what you've been looking like. Kwame Brown in the guard's body is terrible. <laughs> I hate it. You need to do a lot better or just stop playing right now. Facts, man. Facts, man. So hopefully the basketball gods give us – a good series. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you guys gave us seven, seven games with the Warriors and Rockets, but this is the NBA Finals we're talking about. You know, the Cavs represent the East. The Warriors represent the West. You know, obviously, LeBron 
it's another narrative for him. But, you know, hopefully this could be somewhat an interesting series. Or even if it's a gentleman sweep or a sweep, at least let it be somewhat a close game. Just give us something that's worth watching. Um, you know, that's 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 essentially it. Um, I know you had some last words to say about, it, you know, a closing line that, you, you know, you want to start up, right? Uh, yeah, I just want to say... Go ahead on Instagram, follow me at Rosmith underscore, and follow my clothing brand, uh, Black Soul with a V, uh, BlackSoul.RVA on Instagram. It's a new wave. We're trying to get it popping, trying to get all the, the youth hip, and just, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, so with the Black Soul, how you spell that out? B-L-V-C-K. S-O-U-L, all one word, all caps. Okay, cool. And then when can we expect this? Right now, I'm taking orders as they come. If you want a hat, just follow me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. I'll do what I can to get you your hat as soon as possible. But right now, I'm shooting to have a set amount of inventory in the fall. I would say around September, November. Cool, cool, cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, definitely look out for Black Soul with a V. Um, it's pretty dope. You know, I need to get a hat, too. What's up with, what's up with a little homie discount, you. man? I got you. I got you. <laughs> it's all love. You know. It. All love, all love. But, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to episode 32 of the Seize Us Show. Um, I really thought this was a great episode. You know, hopefully, you know, you guys are not too down about my take on the Cavs uh, against the Warriors. We'll definitely see about that. Make sure to follow me off all forms of social media at Sir Seasus. That's S-I-R-S-E-E-Z-U-S. I'm available on iTunes, Podcast Connect, and SoundCloud. The Seasus Show. Look it up. Spread the word. Subscribe. Rate. Comment. Do what you got to do to get this popping because I'm telling you, we are we're on to something. And... And, and we're going to take off soon. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, 